This is Solid Foundation Ministries with Dr. Pierre Couvert, building solid foundations through sound Bible teaching. Good morning and welcome back to Solid Foundation Ministries. Before I get started, I would like to thank those of you who have been praying for me in these health issues I've been having. I want you to know that everything is healing well. I'm on the route to being back to my normal self. Again, thank you for your prayers. This morning, I want to talk to you about dogs, pigs, and Christians. Everything in God's creation has its own nature. You expect various creatures to act according to the nature that God has given them. You expect dogs to bark, but you don't expect cats to bark. You expect them to meow. This morning, I want to examine ourselves uh, in light of the nature that we have to see whether or not we're true Christians. I want to look at 2 Peter chapter 2, verses 20 through 22. For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled therein and overcome, the latter end is worse with them than the beginning. For it hath been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than after they have known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them, but it has happened unto them, according to the true proverb, the dog is turned to his own vomit again, and the sow that was washed to her wallowing in the mire. Before I look at this passage specifically, I want to look at its context. In verses 1 and 2, we find that there are false prophets and there are those who follow them. It says, but there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you, who privately shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that bought them, and bring upon themselves swift destruction. And many shall follow their pernicious ways, by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. We can expect there to be false teachers, and as we get closer to the end times, we can expect there to be even more of them, and we need to understand what their purpose is. Their purpose is to draw people after them and turn them away from God. They'll bring in damnable heresies. They'll even deny the Lord that bought them, and this is happening more and more. They're going to bring swift destruction upon themselves and all of those who follow them. And the result of these false teachers is going to be that the way of God is going to be evil spoken of. And if you're paying any attention to the news today, you know full well that that is already happening. It's interesting because just yesterday I heard some people on the news uh, left-wingers, of course, criticizing a Christian school because that Christian school expects its workers and its students to follow biblical principles. What in the world do they think a Christian school is? But there are so many Christians today who don't follow uh, the Bible principles that we can understand why they're starting to wonder why some do and criticizing those who do. Verse 9 tells us that the Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptation and to reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished. Now, 
we, those of us who are faithful to God's word, those who are righteous, God knows how to deliver them from temptations. But those who are following these false teachers are going to one day stand at the judgment and they will be punished for turning their back on God. If you want to see what that's all about, I recommend that you read uh, Romans chapter 1 starting in verse 18 through the end of the chapter. In verse 10, talking about those who will be punished, it says, But chiefly them that walk after the flesh in the lust of uncleanness and despise governments. Presumptuous are they, self-willed, not afraid to speak evil of dignities. Folks, these people are not afraid to criticize those who, who are in authority or to criticize those who, who do walk in a godly manner. And they're, they're self-willed. They're going to do what they want to do. And there are so many who profess to be Christians that fit into this category and ignore the things of God. What they do is they replace the things of God with their own ideas and think that they're doing what's right. Folks, that's a dangerous position to be in. They don't understand God's truth. In verse 12 it tells us, but, but these as natural uh, brute beasts made to be taken and destroyed, speak evil of the things that they understand not, and shall utterly perish in their own corruption. Folks, this is a dangerous situation to be in that we're talking about here when we're uh, not acting uh, like Christians and we're acting like the world. It probably means we are the world because it's the nature, but, but we need to understand that those who walk that way are going to perish. They're going to end up in hell and in the lake of fire for all eternity. We need to understand the importance of what we're talking about here, folks. It's not a game. Christianity is a real serious thing. And as Christians, we are soldiers in a war against the devil. The devil has gotten real brave here of late, and, and he's attacking on every hand. Just look at what's happened in New York and is getting ready to happen in, in uh, I believe it's New Jersey or some other place, where they're allowing uh, abortion right up to the end of the pregnancy, even as the child is being delivered. And then the governor of one of those states made the statement that, well, if they come out alive, we'll keep the baby comfortable until the doctor and the mother decide whether or not they want to let it live or to kill it. Folks, that's the situation we're in today. And we as, as Christians need to be standing up and fighting against it. We need to be different from the world so they know that there's something to our, our belief and to our faith. Verse 15 tells us that they are that these are those which have forsaken the right way and are gone astray, following the way of Balaam, the son of Boser, who loved the wages of unrighteousness. And folks, we have many preachers today that would fit into that category as loving the wages of unrighteousness. They would rather have a big church and lots of money coming in than they would to be faithful to God. In verse 19, we learn that they are servants of corruption. It says, while they promise them liberty, they themselves are the servants of corruption for whom a man is overcome of the same he is brought in bondage. Folks, 
if we listen to the liberals and we listen to what they're saying, both the the political and the uh, religious liberals, we're headed for bondage. They promise us liberty, but it ends up being bondage. Uh, one of the things we see in the political realm today is a lot of people promising to give us free health care and free education and all those kind of things. There's no such thing as free in this world. Somebody has to pay for it. And the only way they can pay for the programs they're uh, uh, talking about is to at least double the taxes on everybody, not the rich only, everybody. And it's going to bring you in bondage to the government. And uh, uh, they're promising them something that they, they, they just can't give. Now let's get to the passage under consideration. In uh, uh, verse 20, the first part, it says, For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and then it goes on from there, but I just want to stop there for a moment. It says, it tells us that they knew the right way. They had understood the right way. They had even possibly followed it externally for a while. They said, well, uh, I'm going to try this out and see if it works. We see a lot of people who make a profession of salvation and in just a matter of weeks or at most months, you can't find them anymore. These are people who understood that Jesus Christ is both Lord and Savior and they said, we'll try them and see if it works. It's like trying out a new set of clothes to see if they fit. And if it doesn't give you what you want, then you just throw it aside. And that's what a lot of people do. And then it continues on and it says they are again entangled therein and overcome the the latter end is worse uh, with them than the beginning for it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than after they have known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them remember folks we're talking about people who have heard the gospel and understood the gospel and they've tried it even a little bit uh, like a new set of clothes but instead of separating from the world they return to the world and get entangled in it and it overcomes them and they're just like they were before actually it says that the latter end is worse than the beginning so they're worse off than they would uh, have been had they never heard the truth it would have been better for them had they not known that there is a way of salvation from our sin and a way to escape the corruptions of this world. God will punish the unrighteous according to their knowledge. In other words, the more you know, the more you can expect God's punishment to fall upon you. There are those who think that all sin is the same and all punishment is the same. That's not true. There will be places in hell that will be hotter than other places. I'm totally convinced of that as I study the scriptures. And we need to make sure that we're doing things right and that we're following God's principles and not following our own principles. And we need to be careful that once we understand things that we don't fall back into the world because there will be a strong punishment for having done that and I'm sorry folks but if you can fall back into the world and just go back to the way you were it's very probable that you were never saved in the first place you know a dog will do what dogs do and dogs do some pretty despicable things. We used to have a dachshund and we had a cat at the same time. And my wife caught him several times going to the litter box and eating the cat's... Uh, you figure that out for yourself, what he was eating. But dogs will throw up and then they'll go back and eat what they 
uh, what they threw up and they'll, they'll, they'll return to their vomit. Folks, this is their nature. They can't change it. They act according to their nature. And pigs, if you take a pig and you wash it up and get it all cleaned up and then let it have its, its uh, uh, free will, pigs are by nature dirty animals and they'll back, go back to the mire and wallow in it. Now there's a reason for that. It's a matter of comfort. Pigs don't sweat like um, we do. Pigs uh, have to have that, that mud on them to cool them down. It keeps them from overheating. Just like pigs are not comfortable being clean, the lost are not comfortable around the things of God. They, they don't like to be around righteousness. They don't like to be around that which is spiritually clean because it makes them uncomfortable, just like pigs. And we need to understand, folks, that this passage of Scripture is saying that there are those who understood the gospel, maybe even tried it out for a little bit, but as soon as it wasn't what they wanted, they returned to what they were, and their true nature shows through again. Those who return to the world are showing that they never have received that new nature that comes with salvation. Biblical conversion or biblical salvation causes a person to be changed totally. In uh, Luke chapter 6, verses 43 through 46, it says, For a good tree bringeth uh, not forth corrupt fruit, neither doth a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. For every tree is known by his own fruit. For of thorns men do not gather figs, nor of a bramble bush gather they grapes. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is good, and an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is evil. For of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaketh. And why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? Now that last part is a very important thing. Why do we call Jesus Lord and then not follow the things that he tells us? If he's Lord, we do what he says. There's another passage of scripture we need to keep in mind as we follow this. It's 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. It says that if we're in Christ, old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. There's a change in the life of a Christian. The context of the passage here in Luke is uh, removing the beam from your eye before you're concerned about getting the moat out of somebody else's eye. But a tree is known by the fruit that it produces. Uh, a corrupt tree cannot produce good fruit. A tree that is uh, a tree is known by the type of fruit it bears. You don't expect a fig tree to grow apples, and vice versa. And folks, when you see a person a tree in this case, who's bringing forth corrupt fruit, you know there's something wrong. You know that they are in fact corrupt and there's something that's not right about them. And it's probably the fact that they don't have the new nature that comes with uh, salvation. Now there will be a wrestling because the old nature is not immediately er eradicated. And so we have a battle within ourselves with the flesh and the spirit. But if you don't have that battle and you can just go back and live like the world, then you don't have the new nature. You're not born again spiritually and uh, there's something seriously wrong and you need to consider it. And we who are saved need to realize that those who do this are lost and we need to work to bring them to Christ. Not to try and get them back in church where they'll act like Christians, but make sure that they're truly born again. 
You know, as human beings, we're pretty good at masking things and, and acting like we're something we're not. But you can be sure that a man who has a good heart will produce good fruit. And you can be sure that a man who has an evil heart will produce evil fruit. He may be able to hide it for a while, but in the end it will show up. What's in the heart comes out the mouth. We speak what's in the heart, and our actions are guided by what's in the heart. We may be able to temporarily overcome that for a bit to fool other people, but ultimately it always shows up. And he says here, why do you call him Lord and then don't do what he says? I just don't understand this, folks. I don't understand how a person can say, I'm a Christian, I love the Lord, he is my Lord and Savior, and go out and live contrary to the clear teachings of his word. A couple of other passages that we need to consider also is John 14:15. It says, if you love me, keep my commandments. If you love the Lord, you'll do what he wants. You'll do what he says. You'll follow his commandments. You'll search the scriptures to find out what he really expects. And you won't make excuses and try and change those parts of the Bible to uh, uh, say something that they don't really say. An example of that would be we hear so much today. Well, we don't have to follow the, the law because we're under grace, not under law. Now, we're under grace for salvation. And it's always been by grace through faith without works that a person is saved. But the next verse tells us that uh, we're created in Christ Jesus unto good works that God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Folks, uh, works do have a relationship to salvation. They don't obtain salvation for us, but they are the natural result of having a new nature and being truly born again. So we're going to keep his commandments if, he, if we love him. In John 10, 27, it says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Think about that. Jesus knows us if we're his children. And we know him and know that he uh, is always looking out for our best interest. Therefore, we follow what he says. We do what he says. We follow him. Folks, I've been around sheep and shepherds uh, since I was a kid. And I have seen how sheep follow their shepherd and how they love their shepherd. And folks, that's the way we should be with the Lord Jesus Christ. We should be following our shepherd, putting into practice the principles that he expects us to put in. And folks, it's time that we uh, take a spiritual in, uh, inventory and examine ourselves. In 2 Corinthians 13, 5, it says, Examine yourselves whether you be in the faith. Prove your own selves. Know ye not your own selves how that Jesus Christ is in you except ye be reprobates? Now, we don't want to be reprobates, do we? Well, then we need to make sure that we have that new nature and we're following the principles of God. In uh, 1 Corinthians 11.31, it says, For for if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. We don't have to be judged about uh, doing right and wrong if we're judging ourselves and making sure that we're doing what's right and following God's principles. Folks, it's so easy for us to justify going contrary to the scriptures, but we need to make a strong effort to follow what the scriptures say and do what they say. 
we're to compare ourselves to see whether or not we're in the faith. Compare your views and your feelings with the Word of God. Do you want to do the things of God, or is it hard for you to do them? Do you find yourself always having to force yourself to do what's right? You need to make sure that your views, the way you see things, line up with the Word of God. Something I've never been able to understand is how someone who calls themselves a Christian could ever vote for a politician or for a political party that kills the unborn. Yet we have many who call themselves Christians voting for Democrats whose goal is to kill as many babies as they can. And you may not see it that way, but if you listen to what's being said by the leaders of that party today, you'll find out that statement is true. We're to make sure that we're in the faith. Now, what is the faith? The faith is the doctrine that is laid out in Scripture. To be in the faith is to believe God's word and what it says and to follow what it says. We're to prove our own selves. Uh, proof, uh, we say, is in the tasting. How do you know if you're living right? Well, test your life by the word of God. The Bible tells us we're to compare everything with scripture. The, the Bereans were more noble than those at Thessalonica because they took the things that the preacher said and they checked them out by scripture. That doesn't mean they were against the preacher. They were just understanding that preachers are fallible men and they made sure that they, was, they were uh, doing what was right. How does what you claim to believe work out in your life? When you say you believe uh, certain things, do you live a life that shows those things? Folks, fo faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So faith is, first of all, believing the Word of God and then having evidence in your life that proves that that's what you believe. Are you a reprobate? A reprobate is unable to pass the test or to measure up to a standard. If Christ is truly in you, you are not a reprobate, but if he's not, then you are. How can you be sure that you're not a reprobate? How hard is it for you to follow the principles that he lays down? And do you look for excuses for uh, going around it? Uh, I could give you lots of examples. I hesitate to do so because I don't have time to get into them deep enough in this broadcast, but we need to understand that when God says something, it's final. We don't have any way that we can walk around it or twist the scripture to make it mean something that it doesn't mean. Some things that we should look for as we're examining ourselves. Do you love the Word of God? Do you love to read it? Do you love to study it to find meat in the depths of its context? Do you love to hear it preached? Or is it something that you just do because you're supposed to? Do you get up in the morning or in the evening before you go to bed, read the scriptures just because you're supposed to? Or do you search the scriptures to find the meat that God has put there for you? To find those things that that God has put there that will bless you, that will help you to live a better life. Uh, folks, the Bible is a manual on life, and we need to understand that uh, God knew what he was doing when he... When he uh, gave us his word and we, if we follow it we will always be better off than if we didn't follow it. How's your obedience to the word of God? 
Do you seek its precepts? I know I've already touched this, but do you spend your time studying the Word of God, looking for those things that God expects of you for the express purpose of following them? I want you to listen very carefully to this next verse. It's Revelation chapter 1 and verse 3. It says, Blessed is he that readeth, and they that hear the words of this prophecy, and keep those things which are written therein, uh, for the time is at hand. Now, I want you to understand this is the only passage of Scripture in all the Bible that talks about blessing someone for, for reading the Word of God. There are many passages that talk about our meditating on the Word of God or are chewing it over and see how it fits us. But I want you to notice something in this passage is, Blessed that he that readeth. Now I believe this is probably talking about public reading of the Word of God because they didn't have uh, Bibles in, laying in their laps and they couldn't be reading them at home. Well, I believe that's what it's talking about, but it would also include those who of us who read it at home. But it goes on and says, and they that hear the words of this prophecy. It's talking about hearing, and that word hearing means means more than just hearing the words as the sound waves bounce off of our eardrums and go to our brain. It's talking about listening and seeking out what it really says. And we know that because the last part of this is, and keep those things which are written therein. In other words, it's a matter of reading the word of God, understanding what it says, seeking to understand what it says, and then putting in practice those things. And if we don't do that, then we're not really getting anything from the Word of God. It's more important to meditate on the Word of God, think it over and show it over in your mind and see how it affects your life, than it is to uh, simply read it like we're so often told to do. It's not a rote thing. It's something we should do because we enjoy, and we should do it searching for the gems that God has in His Word for us. The question is, how close do you walk to the principles of God, or do you try and see how far you can get away from them without falling off the cliff? It reminds me of a story, I don't suppose it's really true, but a story of a king who was looking for another uh, driver for his, his uh, carriage. And he brought in these two drivers, and he asked the first one, he says, how close can you get to the edge of the cliff and still stay on the road and not go over it? And the guy was bragging about how close he could get, I mean, within inches of the edge, and still keep the carriage on, uh, on the road and the king not getting killed. The next guy he asked says, king, you, your life is so valuable, I'm not going to see how close I can get to the edge. I'm going to see how far away from it I can stay. And that's the way we should be as Christians. We shouldn't see how close we can get to the permissible deviation from the Word of God, but we should see how close we can be to the Word of God, because not only does our uh, reward in heaven depend on that, but also we need to understand that the lives of the lost depend on us walking as close as we can. The biggest problem that we have in America is Christians have lost their testimony. Another thing that you should look at is your love for others. How much do you love the lost? Are you concerned enough about the, the souls of the lost that you will live a life that draws them to Christ and not drives them away? the saved. How much do you love them? Is that where you seek your fellowship with the saved or do you seek your fellowship with the lost world? 
Do you encourage uh, the saved to righteousness by your life and by your counsel? How about your love for the house of God? Do you respect his house? His house is the church, the building. I'm talking about the physical building. There's a proper way that we should behave ourselves in the house of God. Paul told uh, Timothy that he should know how he should conduct himself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God. And uh, it's the pillar and ground of the truth. And there's a way to conduct yourself. Do you dress properly? Do you have proper behavior? Things like this. Do you love to go there? One of the biggest problems I've had with this illness is the fact that it kept me out of church sometimes. Folks, I, we have a command not to f forsake the assembling of ourselves together. That means going to church. We should go there for exhortation from others and f uh, to others. We should go there for fellowship. We should go there for spiritual growth. Folks, you can dress up a dog or a pig and make him look different, but it's still a dog or a pig. When given a chance, its true nature will show. A dog will eat that stinky stuff, and a pig will wallow in the mud hole. The same is true for people. Those who are truly born again have the nature of God in them. While they may stumble, they will nevertheless act like children of God. Those who are not truly born again may act like they are for a while, but sooner or later their true nature will show through. We are to examine ourselves whether we are in the faith. Are you a trained dog, a clean pig, or are you a child of God? You have been listening to Solid Foundation Ministries from Lenore, North Carolina. Dr. Kuvert has 35 years in the ministry as a former missionary and pastor. He is available for revivals and various conferences on missions, Bible, Baptist heritage, and the family. To find out more, go to our website, SolidFoundationMinistries.com or call 828-244-6505. Remember, the Christian life is not about you. It's about God receiving the glory.